We are on our second week through this really cool series called, called, (laughs) Discovering Your Purpose. Last week, we spoke about Samuel and Eli, as Stan reminded us. And step one of that call was listening, because we know that we're on a journey of seven different steps. The first step was listening. Today, we are going to talk about step two, which is sacrifice. Now, don't leave me, because I know that sometimes we don't like that word, and that's a scary word. And it is, to some degree. But follow Donna here and, and we'll get you there, I promise. Don't let that word right. scare you away. Amen, Corner. Are you ready out there? I want to see some amens. <laughs> are you out there? Come on, let me know. Are they out there? Randall, are they talking to us? Amen. Yes. We want to know you are That's there. Right. And today I'm so excited. I have been so excited for several weeks because one of my personal favorite people And one of, I think, the coolest ladies in ministry is Mm -hmm. with us today. And she happens to be at Lover's Lane for over 20 years now. Yeah. Reverend Donna Whitehead. Reverend Donna Whitehead. Donna, we're so glad you are here today. Welcome to Crosswalk. It's great to be here. (laughs) Welcome. It's awesome. Oh, my goodness. What a cool thing. This has always been a dream of mine to get to stand up here and co-preach with Donna. So um, y'all have to give me a minute. Every time I look over, I'm excited. I get to see her up here with me. Pastor Donna, we thank you so much for being with us. But we also thank you for 20 years here at Lover's Lane. And we thank you for all that you have offered, all that you bring to Lover's Lane. Lover's Lane will never be the same because Donna Whitehead was here and we are thankful for that. And we thank you for all that you have done and continue to do. Thank you, Dee Dee. That was wonderful. So today, Donna, what I thought we would do is we'll just open with the scripture and the text and talk a little bit about why we picked this story. And then we'll begin to talk about your story okay. and what that means. What does sacrifice and Esther, what does that all have to do with your call? Mm-hmm. And some of you look at me and I even get some emails from me and you go, Didi, it sounds like a lot of work. I'm not going to lie to you. If you think following God's call on your life is easy then I want to tell you now, it's not. But what I can promise you is that it's worth it. Your call and what he has specifically for you and your purpose, it is worth it. But to say it's easy, no, it's not. What we're going to do is we're going to start in Esther chapter 4 and verse 9. So if you want to pull your Bibles out, Esther chapter 4, verse 9. Hathet came back and told Esther what Mordecai had said. We'll talk about that in just a minute, but I wanted to start there for a reason. In reply, Esther ordered Hathet to to tell Mordecai all the king's officials and the people in his provinces know that there's a single law in a case like this. Any man or woman who comes to the king in the inner courtyard without being called is to be put to death. So this is a fear that Esther knows. Only the person to whom the king holds out the golden scepter may live. In my case, I haven't been called to come to the king for the past 30 days. When they told Mordecai Esther's words, he had them respond back to Esther. 
Don't think for one minute that unlike all the other Jews, you'll come out of this alive simply because you are in the palace. In fact, if you don't speak up, at this very important time, relief and rescue will appear for the Jews from another place, but you and your family will die. But who knows? Maybe it was for a time like this that you came to be a part of the royal family. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So here we are coming in the middle of the story. And it's a long story of all types of Hallmark movies and Lifetime movies that came and have brought it to this moment, right? Where the king has basically put a decree because he, is, he has been, uh, as some of you would say, rooked into signing something. He has no idea what he is signing. But literally what it's brought to is that every Jew is to be killed. And Esther is Jewish. So her cousin is coming to the city gate saying, listen, you've got to do something. Because it's not just us, the Jews, but it's you too. And Esther says, do you understand what's happened? You know, I'm not the first queen. The first queen, when you've read in chapter one, is gone because the king got upset. So it's not beneath the king to get upset enough to kill another queen. Uh Esther is afraid. Yes. I haven't seen the king in 30 days. So you're telling me you want me to go to the king and tell him we need to figure this out. You're crazy. Mordecai comes back and says, but listen, if you don't, If you don't, you are Jewish. Your family will not make it either. And then that famous verse, but who knows? Maybe it was for a moment like this that you came to be a part of the royal family. That means batter up. It's you. Mm -hmm. It's time to go. It's you. We know that now more than ever, what it means for Esther to step up, what it means for Esther to own this time in her life. Now more than ever, Esther steps into that role. Esther steps into what we may call right now her call, her purpose. Yes. But our call is not always easy, is it? So Donna, one of the things that we have been discussing is what has been the greatest part of your journey and your call? I mean, Esther got a year-long spa treatment, right? Before <laughs> yeah, she that. became queen and, and, and then uh, she becomes queen after this journey to get there. What has been the greatest part of your journey, of your call? Hmm. I like that question. Because the greatest part is also often the hardest part, Right. And for me, I'm going to start at the beginning of my call. In the beginning, I had to work through having the courage to listen to this inner voice inside of me. It was restlessness. It was me wanting more meaning and purpose in life, wanting to be able to answer questions that I had. I didn't know that this voice inside of me was God. I was used to listening to outside voices, my friends, uh, scripture, which is good, but I needed to learn to listen to this inner voice. And I knew that something had to change, and, uh, but I didn't know what it was. And so at once I realized this inner voice was God, 
then I could say, oh, now I understand how God has been working, bringing all these different people into my life, wonderful people. Bringing Don and I, my husband and I, to Dallas, where Methodist Seminary was, bringing mentors into my life who were, understood my desire for more, uh, bringing us a pastor to this church who became such an important mentor and who I understood from him how much I needed to hear more of the Word of God. And so I could see that none of this was an accident, that God was moving. And as I looked at it, I realized that my story, in some ways, not in all ways, was like Esther's. Mm -hmm. Not in the sense that she was, uh, her story is so dramatic and mm -hmm. her story is far reaching and involves so many people. But she too had to understand that it was God working in her life. And in fact, as you know, in the book of Esther, the word God is never mentioned right. because it's just assumed. I was doing the same thing. Um, God was moving. I love this. Mm -hmm. God was moving uh, in the circumstances, in the details. God was working behind the scenes. And Esther's life, just like he was doing in my life, it was like he was a silent partner. And that was such an important realization for me. Uh, so, like Esther, in 1977, Dallas, Texas, I had a moment. I had an Esther moment. I was at the right place, the right time, with the right people. It was a turning point. I was at a crossroads. Mm -hmm. I had to decide if I was going to take this step, and make this first step, and make the decision to risk not knowing what the, the journey was going to be like, but knowing that I had to do it. I had an Esther moment, and I was so glad that God prepared me for that. So in that, that Esther moment, everybody say amen, because we're glad you did. Well, thank you. We're glad you did. I'm glad I did. So Esther is also, just like you, Esther was finding out that what could be the hardest yet was the greatest part. Yes. What was going to be the hardest was also the greatest part of her call. And so I sit back and I think about that, Donna. So what does it mean, though, to really sacrifice for your call? Yeah, I had to think about that because, in general, I don't think in those terms. And sacrifice is kind of a heavy word, has kind of a negative connotation. But it, all the studies show that a person's journey has to have sacrifice in it if they're going to be happy and if they're going to be successful. And I think in the beginning of my journey, I played down any kind of change that was going to take place. I did not want to disrupt the people around me. I, my children, our children, were three and seven. And Don was an engineer working at Texas Instruments. So I didn't want them to be, their lifestyle to be changed that much. I wanted this to be more about me. And so I said to Don and to my friends, I just want to take a couple of courses at SMU. It's no big deal. But then my friends began to say, what's wrong with you? Are you having a midlife crisis? What's going <laughs> on here? You're only 31. It's too early for that. And my mother said, what about the children? What are you going to do about that? And so I had to stand firm about that. But I began to understand that I could do this perhaps with uh, fasting, as Esther taught me. I mean, she's fasted and prayed. I was wise enough at that point to know that I needed to slow down the process and to wait for God to act and to move in that. And of course, God did. 
-hmm. In 1980, after a year I'd spent um, in a, an internship at Highland Park United Methodist Church and then a CPE at Methodist Hospital, uh, I was offered this associate pastor position and a new church start, which really fit for me. But here's the thing, here's the God thing. It was only four miles from my house. I knew, I knew that was God. But I think when the sacrifice part really hit me was in 1983 in Wichita Falls, Texas, First Methodist Church, when I was going to be ordained an elder. And that night, Will Willimon was the speaker. And this is what he said. It was really good. He said, there, he's saying this to all of us that were being ordained. He said, there's now a new claim on your life. You're no longer yours. You're God's. Wow. I was no longer in the driver's seat. And he said, you have been set apart, that's the language he used, to do word, sacrament, and order in the life of the church. Ooh, I thought, this is heavy. This is serious stuff. But in the next 40 years, as you mentioned, <laughs> uh, 20 years at Custer Road and 20 wonderful years here at Lover's Lane, I have done what most people do that have full-time jobs. I've made the church the priority in some cases, and I've made my family a priority in other cases. It's a juggling act. It's a mm -hmm. wonderful thing to do. Mm -hmm. But I remembered always that I was on call because ministry is a lifestyle. It's a way of life. Right. And I was grateful to be able to do that. I also was thinking about sacrifice in terms of being a woman, and I thought, in general, it's been a really positive experience. Um, I've been treated very, very well, and for many people it was different. It was a change because they had never experienced a woman in ministry. It was new to them. I did have a few unsettling experiences. Mm -hmm. One of those was when I was doing a wedding uh, uh, at Custer Road and with a co-pastor from a, a pastor of another denomination and uh, I gave the uh, I did my part and gave the vows and turned to him and he repeated the vows again as if I had not ever given them okay. and so I felt ooh that was uncomfortable that was um, felt dismissed but I knew that change was difficult and people were getting used to that and it was that time. Uh, and so I was so proud to be a part of the United Methodist Church, which has really been so open to women. Right, Dee Dee? Amen. Yeah. Amen. And I'm thankful, I'm thankful for that. Because yes. I too know those times that that the band got to go in pastors' offices to pray, but I couldn't because I was mm. a woman. Yeah. And I know, I know what those feelings can feel like, and yet you still know that God has a call on your life. Definitely. And what does that mean, even though the world says one thing, and yet you know that God is speaking to you and saying something else. That's right. Yes. But I also know that there's a blessing in the sacrifice. Oh, definitely. There is a blessing in the mm -hmm. sacrifice. And what do you think those blessings have been for you? Amen. Come on, amen, Corner. There is a blessing in sacrifice. We can all say that, can't we? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. God brings blessings into our lives in so many ways, especially when we make room for God. And uh, I love the scripture in Matthew 10, 39, that says we have to lose our life in order to find it. Oh, that is so true. It's counterintuitive. It's the opposite of what we think. And here during Lent, we know that we're, we're supposed to give up something, right, in order to make room for something better. Make, give up something in order to make room for something better. That's sacrifice. And 
I have learned the, uh, the more that I get interested in growing spiritually and being wiser spiritually, the more I understand that letting go is the most important thing that we can do. It's so, so important. And when I give up my desire, this is hard to do, and I, but I'm working on it. When I give up my desire to run my own life, to truly turn it over to God, then of course I become a part of something so much bigger and more meaningful and uh, so much better. And that gives the meaning and purpose to my life that all of us want. The meaning and purpose comes. And Esther found that. And when I give up my need to be too centered on myself uh, and to think that I can do things and instead understand that we all need each other mm -hmm. so much. Yeah. Relationships are what it's all about. Relationship with God, relationship with other people. And um, this I have discovered in the last five years so much. We have to be real. We have to be vulnerable. We have to acknowledge our brokenness. We, in order to do, have good relationships, we have to be honest. And another incredible blessing of sacrifice is that uh, we get to be in a community of faith and we share this together. Oh, the blessings of being here in Crosswalk, of being in Lover's Lane. Lover's Lane, I feel like, is a training ground for teaching us how to love one another. And that is so important, the blessing of community. But let me tell you, we've said it all day today, and this is so important. The most important blessing in our life that can come is the opportunity all of us have and each of us have to be able to have these Esther moments, these God moments, mm -hmm. these turning point moments, mm -hmm. these crossroad moments. When, like Esther said, she said, I'm going to go in there to, that, to the king, and if I perish, I will perish. That's what she said. So we have that opportunity to lay our lives on the line at times. There are those moments. And the really good news the really good news is that God invites us to be a part of his story and what he is doing. So the story is not just my own story where I get to do good. No, I get to say yes to God's story and do what he, join with him as his plan and God's will is carried out through the world. Oh, what a blessing. I get to say yes to his invitation to me. It's not about me, it's about so much more than me. I can seize the moment, be available to him when he asks and when he opens a door. I can step through that door. And together, all of us have that moment. It's so important to be able to go forward together and to seize the day like Esther did. She's such a great role model. And seizing the day because she did, the Bible tells us she goes in and she prays yes. and she fasts and she prays and she fasts. And what I love, because Esther is one of my favorite story, Donna, you always have to hear that from me all the you time because like I love it. There's it. so much about it you learn. But what I love is that she didn't respond. She wasn't reactive. That's right. She wasn't reactive. She went in seeking God's wisdom to know what do I do next to save my people? Mm -hmm. What do I do? Mm -hmm. And we know that the story ends well. It's got the great movie ending where mm -hmm. every single piece 
comes together, right? Mm -hmm. Every single dialogue has an end to it and a period, and you don't wonder. There's no to be continued because God took care of it all. But I believe he took care of it all because she listened. Mm -hmm. And then she sacrificed. It's not about me. Mm -hmm. It's about my people. And it's about the call that God has on my life right now. And fear, of course she was afraid. We just read that. She was afraid. She said, Mordecai. Do you understand? I haven't seen him in 30 days. And if I walk in there, it's not beneath him to kill me. Mm -hmm. He's already done that. That's Mm -hmm. why I'm here. Mm -hmm. That's right. But the story didn't end there. No. Because part of that obedience and that part of listening and that part of sacrifice, God was already working. Mm -hmm. God was already working. Mm Mm-hmm. And as we close today, one of the things that Donna and I have been talking about on and off this whole week, we've had a blast talking back and forth about <laughs> this story, fun. is to fully understand our call, we have to be willing to sacrifice our will and our way. Mm-hmm. In order to fully understand our call, we have to be willing to sacrifice our will and our way. It has to be all about what God is calling us to do, not what we think that is. Oh, I like to do this, so I'm going to do that. No, Mm -hmm. you've got to be willing to sacrifice what you think. You've got to be willing to sacrifice your will and your way. When we lay down our ways, when we lay down our wants as a sacrifice at the altar, and we begin to ask God, God, whatever, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Yes, there's no escaping God's blessing there's no escaping the end of an amazing story in your life because you have sacrificed your will and your way and we know that God's way is better Yes. so when we lay that down at the altar and we sacrifice the would'ves, the could'ves and the should'ves Donna, all of a sudden it all begins to fall in place and it all begins to make sense because Lover's Lane would not be Lover's Lane today if we hadn't had a Donna Whitehead. God knew 20-something, 40-something years ago. Now we have what we call in the Methodist Church, it's one of my favorite things, we have free will. And things could have gone very different. And God would have still supplied because what does he do every single day? One more time, he gives us grace. And one more time, he gives us mercy. And one more time, he's the God of first chances, second chances, third chances, because he created you for this purpose. Right. That's why it wasn't the first time when Mordecai came to the gates, right? It took another time. And then it took him getting really serious. Now, listen to me, Esther. You've got to hear what I'm saying to you. And some of you are sitting there today and God is saying, you need to hear me. You've been running for a long time from what I've called you to do because you wanted to do things your way. Or you didn't have time. Or your job was really important. Or you're in this new relationship. Don't forget, the Bible says that if you seek ye first the kingdom of God, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Then it says all of these things will be added unto you. That means God will take care of the need. God will take care of you. All you have to do is not be concerned about that. You have to be concerned right now in this moment of what God is speaking to you to do. Yes. What is God speaking to you to do? 
needs than that. And Donna, when I was a kid growing up, there was a song that reminded me every day about the grace that God supplied, the grace in that sacrifice, the grace in listening, the grace in your call. Because maybe some of you are like I was. And thank you, God, for people like Stan and Donna and Clifton and Jeff in my life who would not let me ever give up. Because I wanted to say, you know what? I've got a, I've got a case of the I don't want to's. I don't want to. It's too much work. I know how those church people are. Or I know how those people are in my office. I've worked with them a long time. I know how my family is. I got a case of the I don't want to's. But it's not about your want. It's not about your will. It's about God's way. It's about God's way. And sometimes the sacrifice comes with laying down your way for God's way.